What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, July 15th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the verified one at Tim Gettys. Let Tim host. Greg, how are you doing today? I won't lie to you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on, Tim. Uh-huh. All right. So if you, are watch, if you are watching live, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, you already know we are doing the show later. Why you may ask, ladies and gentlemen, very simply, uh, guess what? Over on twitch.tv in general, they're doing, of course, uh, the one, the only uh, podcast and talk show month where they're promoting a whole bunch of different podcasts and talk shows. If you didn't know, all kind of funny does is pretty much podcast and talk shows. So they said, hey, do you want to be on the front page and do kind of funny games daily and do all your shows on one day? And we said, sure. So that's what we're doing today of course we're kicking off late here noon uh pacific time doing games daily then we'll do the kind of funny podcast then we'll do the kind of funny x cast all on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games so if you're ever looking for new uh podcasts and new talk shows to go to this is the place just subscribe here why not but if that wasn't enough we said you know what we'll go at noon today and then you know what happens nintendo steps up and they're like you know what we'll go at noon today too that's when we'll Mm -hmm. release the oled switches Mm -hmm. so on top of running the best daily video game podcast uh, i'm also refreshing uh walmart and gamestop and all these different sites trying to make sure i get a nintendo switch as am i and i'm gonna tell you right now greg miller not mm-hmm. looking good not looking what? good at all things seeming not available seems like what? it has not went yet went up but have you gone if you've gone to the walmart and if you're into the white thing it says this item will be back available at 3 10 p.m eastern time which means 12 10 our time nine minutes not did not see that no so that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm refreshing that page. You all refresh your thing. Chat, keep me honest. I'm watching you, of course. We have to talk about this. But believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, somehow the Switch OLED pre-orders today is not the biggest piece of news. We're going to oh, no. talk about the fact that it's finally happening. Steam has its own handheld. It's called the Steam Deck. It's been announced. Kratos is Black Panther in the Marvel's Avengers expansion. And of what course, <laughs> I know what, all right. Uh, Hideo, Ki- Hideo Kojima loves the work of Hideo Kojima. We'll talk about all this and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can write in with your questions, your comments, your concerns, everything under the daily video game sun to be part of the show. You can squad up to play games with best friends. You can get your name right on the show. You can get exclusive access to this show, including getting Kind of Funny Games daily ad-free, getting the post show we do each and every weekday, which is a pre-show for this one because we're crazy today. And then, of course, getting stuff like early access. You could have watched this record live, the Kind of Funny Games cast with Phil Spencer that everyone's been reporting on for the last 48 hours. However, it. if you have no bucks to toss our way on patreon.com slash kind of funny games, it's no big deal. You can watch us record the show live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. If you're here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, please consider subscribing to us. Remember, if you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Gaming, which gives you a free 30-day sub. Why not give it to us? Remember, it doesn't auto-renew, so you have to give it away every time. Uh, and, of course, you have a special job on Twitch. If you're here watching live, you need to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around 
the globe each and every weekday housekeeping for you it is a big day as always for kind of funny like i said the kind of funny games cast is up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games with phil spencer but if that wasn't enough over on youtube.com slash kind of funny on the kind of funny podcast the one the only dina from the last of us part two shannon woodward is on the podcast talking about how she doesn't like your feet you can get the kind of funny podcast <laughs> on youtube.com slash kind of funny podcast services around the globe wherever you get your audio findings mm-hmm. podcasts it's what the kids no, findings them, right? is what i said i've already said podcast like three times you know we what got I mean? a lot of podcasts, podcasts i got a, th- I got a thesaurus over here Stop uh, thank you our patreon producer blackjack today we're brought to you by doordash full sale and omen but blessing will tell you about that later for now let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the roper report for some news six items on the roper report well kevin found a new gear there i appreciate it kev you know what i mean that's what we need that's the kind of energy we need on a day as big as today uh tim i have done a refresh in all the things here and i'm not Mm -hmm. seeing any change just neither am i neither am i of course these are always the safeties you know what i mean this is i don't know how it is for you ladies and gentlemen i'm not gonna i'm not gonna judge i'm not gonna judge how you go through and uh you know order your things online for me these are all the safety schools that I, you know, you apply to. That way, if you don't get into Mizzou, you're number one. In this case, aka Amazon.com. Then you got, you know, you have these safety schools, something to fall back on. Mm-hmm. So if it all goes away, I'm not worried about it. I'm hearing from in the chat that it, well, they're saying Walmart does have it. My Walmart link does not have it. They're also saying that the GameStop app has it. An app. Have you ever heard of an app? I've never heard of the GameStop app. It doesn't. Uh, Tim. Yes. First and foremost on the Roper Report. Hell has frozen over. Steam has its own handheld. We're going to talk about the Steam Deck. Uh, Of course, Valve has announced, ladies and gentlemen, their own handheld. You are seeing it right here from Kevin. This is not an April Fool's Day joke. This is not a streaming piece of tech. This is the power of a PC in the palm of your hands. We have a whole bunch of stuff to read through. I will start over at IGN, who has the blowout on this. Uh, IGN first, obviously. Uh, Their cover story, you know, where they get some exclusive access to all sorts of stuff. They have it here on uh, the Steam uh, uh, Deck. So we're going to start there with the Steam Deck has a form factor similar to that of a slightly larger Nintendo Switch, but with the capabilities of a full gaming PC. It runs like a modified version of Valve's Steam OS. Uh, no, it runs a modified version of Valve's Steam OS, complete with a new console-like interface for easy navigation of both the Steam Store and your Steam library. But it also provides access to an unrestricted computer desktop uh, where any third-party applications can be installed, including non-Steam games or launchers. Uh, If you were to go to the Steam Deck uh, site where you can start looking at pre-orders, here are the vitals. We're going to run through all of this. All right, Tim? Mm -hmm. First, they describe it as an all-in-one portable PC game, uh, gaming device. Steam Deck brings the Steam games and features you love to a powerful and convenient form factor that you can take wherever you go. Pricing starts at $399. For $399, you would get the 64-gigabyte EMMC internal storage model and a carrying case. From there, we jump up to $529 for a 256-gigabyte one. This is 256-gigabytes uh, NVM, NVMe SSD internal storage, faster fast storage, stuff, carrying right? case, uh, exclusive Steam community profile bundle. What would you say there? That's the fast one. 
the NVMe. Yeah, why? yeah of course. That's what you want to hear when we're talking yeah, about SSD. Well, if you like that, Tim, let me mm-hmm. tell you about the 649 version of the Steam Deck. Uh, for $649, you get 512 gigabytes of NVMe SSD internal storage. This is the fastest storage, premium anti-glare etched glass, exclusive carrying case, exclusive Steam community profile bundle, exclusive virtual keyboard theme. Reservations open July 16th. That's tomorrow at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, back to like the actual rundown of bullet points here from Valve themselves. Steam Deck. I'm refreshing Walmart now. Steam Deck starts shipping December 2021 to the United States, Canada, and the European Union and the United Kingdom. More regions coming in 2022. Stay tuned for more info. We partnered with AMD to create Steam Deck's custom APU optimized for handheld gaming. It's a Zen 2 Plus RDNA 2 powerhouse delivering more than enough performance to run the latest AAA games in a very efficient power envelope. Once you've logged into Steam Deck, your entire Steam library shows up just like any other PC. You'll be able to find your collections and favorites exactly where you left them. The Steam Deck was built for extended play sessions, whether using thumbsticks or trackpads, with full-size controls positioned perfectly within your reach. The rear of the device is sculpted to comfortably fit in a wide range of hand sizes. Uh, The official dock props up your Steam Deck while connecting to external displays, wired networking, USB peripherals, and power. You can also use a powered USB-C hub if you've got one lying around. The official dock will be sold separately. More information coming soon. Of course, IGN, a complete blowout right now of information over there if you want to go jump in and see what they've got. But right now, Timothy Gettys, Mm -hmm. as we both refresh online retailers trying to get the Switch OLED, the joke obviously on the internet, and I saw a hard drive with it, right? Nintendo wouldn't make the Switch Pro, so Steam and Valve said they would do it themselves. Hold my Uh, Talk to me about your reaction to this. I think this is really great for the industry. John Drake and I were going back and forth a little bit on Twitter. Paris got involved as well. Uh, Paris Lilly talking about how, you know, this seems great and this seems like it's definitely going to to push forward a a market that's just been dominated by the Switch. Uh, Bringing in even another tweet into this conversation yesterday, I saw Jared Petty talking about how uh, it's crazy that we just don't talk about handheld gaming anymore. The Switch is just kind of changed the way that we think about mm-hmm. things and it's no longer the game boy and mobile gaming and whatever it's like oh the switch is just kind of both so we expect that ability from uh from anything going forward like with the death of things like the vita uh etc game gear don't even all don't even bring it up don't even bring it up I'm, and that's the thing you know what i mean come on next week that's the end of playstation vita games stores still up but they won't be putting new ones out there that's what mm-hmm. you're gonna do to us right now valve come out and dance on the graves let us yeah. lay the golden child vita to rest let us take the two pennies and put it on the Vita's eyes and lay it there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. the, the Vita died so mm-hmm. the Steam Deck could rise. And we're going to sit here and disrespect it this close to its funeral. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, you definitely just said a lot of words. Um, but I, I'm excited for what this means uh, going forward for the kind of just junction point between PC gaming, console gaming, and handheld gaming kind of all just becoming one thing. Like we've been sure. seeing more and more people have been playing uh, PC games than ever. And and when we look at the the, the hardware designers and the, the publishers of these games, like there is this shift that I never thought we'd see PlayStation games on PC, but here we are. Many sure. of the big PlayStation titles are coming to PC, not day one, but they're coming there eventually. So you'll be yeah, already there and there are going to be more of them, obviously, right? As they and, hired up for that at PlayStation recently. And with this, you'll be able to play PlayStation Studios games, some of them, on the go, portably, with a powerful computer. That's really Mm -hmm. cool. Will this iteration be a game changer? I don't think so. 
And, yeah. you know, when you look back at the history of Steam hardware, I think that there's uh, a lot of evidence to point towards that. I, I think that a lot of the button layout on this are, is a little bizarre. And um, I don't think that there's evidence to to back up being like, oh, you need to get in your hands and then it'll feel good. Because, like, we've held the Steam controller and, like, mm -hmm. that wasn't great either, you know? <laughs> so, um, but having said that, it's like there's so much functionality that I know that they're going to add that Nintendo just doesn't do because they're trying to make a portable PC. So with that, they're gonna focus on Bluetooth. You're gonna be able to play with whatever controller you wanna play with. Put this thing in tabletop mode, dock it however you want, and then you'll be able to play mouse and keyboard, all of that stuff. Like even just looking at the dock, the amount of ports that it has, the amount of things you can connect to it. It's like, there's just a user friendliness to, to all of it. And when I say user, I mean like, prosumer friendliness like to, to people that that have tech and have things that they want this seems like a really good addition uh to that collection having said that the conversation i was having with john drake and and paris is as cool as this is and how much i love it for the industry i don't really have a need for it as a as a consumer like this is not going to be a piece of tech that i am investing in but are you going to get it no i'm not <laughs> it's that thing for sure where i'm on the same thing of like oh you know i don't need this but it does sound cool. The biggest thing, Kev, can you throw it up like as we get into it? Like, we're talking about it. Very interesting use cases here. How do you feel about how high the buttons are? Why are they all the way up here on the corners? Like for the face buttons, for the D-pad and stuff. I saw also, Tom Marks' report, again, IGN.com, him talking about using it over a couple of different days and saying that even though it looks weird, it does feel good once you get going. He said the D-pad was like serviceable. But right, put Kev, pause. Right there, we're seeing the button. I can't pause it. I'm oh, you sorry. can't pause it. Sorry. Right there, we're seeing the things, the buttons up there. I'm like, that does not look good. That does not what I want to, that doesn't sound right. So I'm with you for sure. It oh, seems weird. It. Having said that, the switch buttons are really high yeah, too. They're up there too. Sure. Right? Like but, the, it's definitely yeah. higher on this thing, but I also think that like it weighs a lot more. So I think oh. that the way that you're going to have to hold it just to balance the weight in your hands, like all those decisions must be going into that. I mean, I think that this is at least a step up from like the Wii U gamepad where like the way that everything was laid out was just truly bizarre. This sure. just kind of seems like they're putting a lot of functionality way too close together. But I, I think that at the end of the day, it might not be the, like the most uncomfortable thing because you're never going to be using the trackpad and the analogs and the d-pads and the face buttons sure. at the same time like especially them having the uh um back what are they called the the back the back triggers um that just it gives you options because again you that's what so pc gaming is all about dude. is customizing whatever you want your experience to yeah be. no 100 percent so, so then doubling back from because that's my thing is i look at this and i'm like oh man like i'm not a pc gamer but then it's always that thing of like well would this make would this usher me closer to it would this make me actually think about it right like i want to use it for sure i think it looks good again i'm not sold on the buttons but you make a good point obviously that they're up there and i believe tom from ign who says uh that he oh not tom um dang it was a new guy from ign who's in the video tom was in the screenshot i think you wrote about it um i like what they're saying i like that it feels natural i like the idea of having this i guess more than anything I, i'm with you where you said you know this is good for the industry i like that a lot i like the idea that we are getting there you know i think when the switch came out and was such a huge hit and uh you know really ushered in like one nintendo platform and all this stuff there were so many conversations obviously as again people dance in the vita's grave of you know would we think that xbox would do this would playstation do this obviously xbox doing it with xcloud right the fact that they have their uh cloud streaming stuff ready to go that you're you know remote playing to your phone even if you want to do it locally like they're giving you an answer on how to take your games with you onto a smaller device uh you start wondering, yeah, what would PlayStation's answer be? Again, you could go remote play, but it's not the same as uh, cloud streaming, everything you're doing that way. I like the idea to see uh, 
Valve take it head on and try to figure out of like, hey, here's a you know Switch Pro. Here, you know, there is this art, this you know cry from all of us in the mainstream, uh, the people who watch this show, the people who make this show, being like, man, we would love to see you know this high quality uh, 4K in your hand. It's all the console quality games, and Valve saying, here you go, like money where your mouth is, kind of situation. Yeah, totally. Again, I just think that this is good for the industry at large. Like this is a device that has an audience. There's going to be people that want to play their PC games this way, especially with Steam. Like in this being Steam backed, like the Steam platform has been so great for so many years and has been specifically great for indie titles, right? And where are indie titles most fun for me and you, Greg? the nintendo switch right having the luxury of being able to play on tv if you want but then take it with you you're playing in bed a little bit you're doing whatever you want having that with this i think is really cool and because it's pc because it's steam tied to your account and stuff you got to imagine that it's going to be a much more seamless transition than, than the nintendo switch in terms of going from your pc your real pc to your uh steam deck here right yeah yeah i so i i I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I imagine I will buy this. You know what I mean? It's just, it, but but then it's going to, like what gets in the way of it for me personally is like, obviously I want to have all the cutting edge stuff and I want to have everything on my fingertips and yada, yada, yada. Is then you start going and doing the math of it, right? Of like, you 400 bucks, that's not bad, but it's like, well, that's 64 gigs, right? And it's only that EMMC, which is not good according to you, right? Yeah, I know, I know for a fact you want the SSDs. You want SSDs. I know that much, right? SSD. Yep, totally. Yeah, great song. Uh, and so then you get up to 529, and then it's into the movie theater popcorn thing. And it's like, well, if I'm at 529, yeah, why don't I just go to 649? Like, oh, whatever. Is that big of a deal? I'm already wasting a bunch of money. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I will say, like, I know I'm not the audience for this. Like, I already yeah, I know I am have... as well, but I still think I want to buy it. <laughs> and I mean, that's interesting. I because I, I think that there there is something intriguing about especially for someone like you that's like hey here's an easier entry point into pc gaming and it, it's still not pc gaming in the way that that people want greg miller sure. to be a pc gamer uh but it, it's I'll still never be what you want me to be pc gamers there are still a, a ton of you know pc exclusive games or you get to play these like super hot indies early before anyone else uh, before yeah. console players before switch players honestly um but on top of that it's like look even here we're seeing jedi fallen order being played portably like that is really damn cool and i do think that the proof will have to be in the pudding at the end of the day of like how well does this actually run and like lord let's talk about battery right like yeah, right. there's there's a lot of things where i'm like while on one hand i think that this is the most interesting time for them to put this out because the market has been has proved that they're is a desire to play games this way and there is an understanding of the language of being able to have a, a, a portable console that you don't think of as a handheld device you think is something that you're undocking from the tv like sure that's all there but the big question for me is like cool but in an uh, a world where we have super powerful smartphones and yep. things like the backbone controller yeah and the ability to bluetooth connect real controllers to your phones and stuff like this needs to be a marked markedly better experience than playing cloud gaming than playing uh any other versions of getting real console experiences or PC gaming experiences on the go in whatever way it is. Um, especially as you start to see Xbox kind of push forward with whatever it's xCloud like next phase strategy is going to be with implementation in into a bunch of different devices. Yeah. And that is you nail it right of there. We're at this interesting not tipping point yet by any stretch of the imagination, but we're at this interesting, interesting point in the timeline where 
for me and what I like, the way I like to play cloud games, right? Like you brought that up and thank you for doing that. Right. Where I was remote playing uh, where the heart leads over the weekend with my backbone controller into my iPhone playing my PlayStation. Right. And that is a game. Obviously that's not a Twitch shooter. That isn't something I'm being super competitive at. It's, it's a dialogue and narrative simulator and it works for, for that experience flawlessly where it was, ex- I didn't that's notice latency. I didn't do this. I didn't go into that thing. Right. So to then, if that's where we're at right now with that, and you know everybody's still pushing forward on that, you know Xbox is still pushing forward with xCloud and what they're doing with their infrastructure, you're at a point where do you sit and wait for that to get better? Do you wait for internet to get faster in America and in the world? But in in, in your use case, for the internet to be even better, for that, pro, that product to be even better, that then makes this to an extent obsolete? Again, if I was... If I was the way I am about my PlayStation trophies, the way if, if I was that way about Steam achievements, I'm sure it's a different conversation altogether, right? Because we're sitting there being like, yep. "Oh my God, yes, thank you." You know, unta- you, you you already have your PC gaming setup here. You have uh, you know, what do they call Steam Big Picture mode over there on the TV? And now here's a you know, again, no latency device ready to go that has it, and you can take your games with you wherever. I would be all about that. And so it's, it's a use case thing, but it's it's to what your point you were talking about earlier of not who is the audience, but who is the audience, right? Where it's like, there's that hardcore PC person, sure. There's me, who's a goofball, who wants everything that's brand new and hot and cool and video game related. And then there is the general consumer, and do they care enough about PC gaming to be like, no oh, way. Yeah. No, but I don't even think they're the audience for this. Though. Yeah. And I think that that's okay. This is definitely a, like I said, prosumer device. This is somebody sure. that is already in the, the Steam ecosystem. That At least they're going to make up the majority of the target demo for uh what the, who this is being marketed to and i think the people like you are then that next kind of ring out that are equally important because that is getting more people into that ecosystem and and to be excited about about pc gaming or, or about gaming as a whole honestly sure. um but i i just think that this is cool and like like new hardware is always exciting it's just a matter of what is it staying power and and more, more so what is it going to do to the industry and to the competition pushing them yeah. forward yeah, 100%. Now, as you know, you want to be on my best behavior today. We're going to be mm-hmm. on the Twitch front page and all this stuff. But Joel White in the twitch.tv slash kind of funny games chat is pushing me to the edge. He says, Greg prefers 30 frames per second trophies over high quality PC gaming. Tim, I realize it's now the current gen. But what is the current gen of the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X all about? Supposed to be supposed to be about convenience, Greg. What does that mean? What do you mean? Anyway, it's about convenience. So whatever you're about to say, you can say in a second. It's about convenience. That's what I prefer more, uh, sir. That's what I prefer. It's not about the frame rate and the trophies as much as it is about just does it work? Does it do what I want it to do? Is it, again, me being able to sit down at the end of a long day and kick up my feet on the couch and play a game on my TV and just not worry about it? Then I'm not thinking about frame rates and I'm not getting into it. But to this point, if the Steam Deck, right, is this uh, great handheld device that gives me access to games that are moving at a better frame rate and doing all these different things when did do you see that switch where i start playing more of my third-party stuff on a on a a, a pc or on on the deck i guess that i'm docking and playing at my couch again not a chance not a chance not a chance in hell because like that's that what's happening uh nothing Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> um, no, like not a chance because at the end of the day, like th- th- this is not going to be the PC gaming experience everyone else is talking about. This is not as powerful as what your desktop PC could be. So it's like you, and it's going to be better on the PlayStation 5 than it is on this. So why would you do that? Then, then it's the question of like, is it just for the portability? 
But what if it is just the, it's the, what if that is the, uh, uh, you know, uh, Trojan horse? What if this is the tip of the sword? What if I start using it and then I, I am playing a game and I'm like, oh, you know what? We're in between shows. I'll start playing it on my PC. And suddenly I'm using Steam on my PC more. And suddenly I become a PC gamer and I go out and I buy a bunch of pocket protectors and I go and I get a bunch of RAM cards and I go and get some kind of weird thing you put in there that makes the computer better, but it runs with rainbow light. That could happen. I, I could sit here and be like, you know what? This thing that's on the floor that I never see and never use, I do want it to be in a glass case, and I do want it to make the Ecto One sounds, and I want a blue light to flash around. I do want to sit here. This is the real gaming experience. Sitting here like this, this is really how you game. You know what I mean? That could happen. I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not. I just don't, I'm not, I don't I'm not like I can't see the multiverse. I don't know all the different ripples in life that could lead me to go. Oh man, well, let's see the new Radeon cards. You know. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. But yeah, I, I don't think it's going to end you in, in that timeline um, of being a P- I don't think it's going to convert you to be a PC gamer. And I don't think it's con- going to convert many people. But I do think that this is going to be a great device for an established audience already that knows exactly what they're getting and is already sold. Just on this being a, a thing that exists, they're like, cool, I need it. I want one. And that is exciting. That is cool. I just don't think that uh, there's going to be many games that a Greg Miller of the world is going to be like, you know what? This is out of all the different options, because there's more options than ever now to play these games. I don't think that this adds any real incentive to you for specific games, if that makes sense. Of course. Right? Of course. Like, I think at the end of the day, you'd still play a lot of the indie games just on your Switch, even if they come out later. It's not going to be like, you know what? I'm going to play these things on this Steam Deck. I just don't see that shift happening sure. in a mainstream way. And I'm saying mainstream even just for just gamers as a whole at this point of course now my next question for you tim as somebody who does pc game and does you know you are keeping your eye on uh, what graphics cards are coming in internals and all that stuff how do the internals of the steam deck look and then on top of that how long are they good enough that's always seems to be the thing with pc gaming right and uh, i'm talking of course very much as a casual observer who's not making not doing his joke bits anymore uh it is that idea that it does seem part of pc gaming is the oh i you know, I've had this graphics card for a year and now it's time to get something better or uh, NVIDIA just released this thing and I want to put that in there. Like is it, I guess this will never what you're, the argument is for this device is that it's never going to be a PC gamers main thing. Right. It's, huh. This is an, an ancillary lifeboat to get you back to the mothership. Yeah, totally. I mean, it looks great like this. Yeah. This is a like it's fantastic tech. And at the end of the day, is it the best? No, it's not. But it's definitely more than good enough. And like good enough is what is necessary for these type of multi-function things because we are talking about stuff like battery life that matters more than anything when you're talking about portable devices especially when you're trying to push like high def shit and all that like it, mm-hmm. it really really matters so to have the right tech to be able to make things run well is of utmost importance but with that we've just come to this point where technology is just so good across the board that like it's not as big of a race as it used to be of like, you need the latest graphics card to be sure. able to play the new games. It's more like there's a lot more wiggle room with that, especially when you start talking about the tech like DLSS and start talking about the cloud and implementation and all that stuff. Like things have just changed. And like, you can look at it when it comes to our consoles now of like what the actual enhancements are of the Xbox series X and the PS five, but, and the fact that a lot of the games also play on, ps4s and xbox ones right and then you also see the side of mobile games or just mobile phones in general mobile tech it's like they're so powerful and there's so much going on there with ssd with oled with so much elements that just kind of just work in tandem so it's like i'm not too concerned about this thing being underpowered anytime soon i am concerned about its battery life and all that 
Yeah, that is a huge concern for it, right? But I think it's all somewhat harkens back to where we were with um uh uh the switch at launch, right? Where it's like, how many times are you gonna sit there and play it for the extended six hours without doing it, right? Like I, for me, and I'm you know, again, this is all eye of the beholder use case scenario, right? For me, it's that idea of okay, cool, I'm using it on planes, and how many times on a plane am I going? far enough to actually kill the switch it's happened plenty of times but then i started carrying the battery pack with me right like mm -hmm. maybe there's different ways around it let alone uh you know the new internals of a switch but i'm getting into the switch weeds for some reason when i'm talking about it over here about but i mean you bring up a good point though it's like mm -hmm. technology is there i remember during the psp days where like that thing needed a lot of battery power right and you sure. had to run sure. out very quickly universal and, media disc man it was always spinning that was the problem it's always be spinning man but it's always like, be you, spinning <laughs> you can get the you know backup battery power or like the bigger batteries or whatever it was but it's like we're at a point now where tech is just so great that USB-C power bricks are cheap as hell if you want to get the nicest one in existence it is a nominal uh price increase over just getting it with whatever device this is if you're spending six hundred dollars what's an extra 50 you know yeah uh, you're talking about like the the movie theater popcorn and all that stuff and it's sure. like you can all of a sudden get this thing that charges super fast with the usb super speed shit and it's like boom you run a battery it's not really an issue because we can you can immediately just keep playing and as we've seen with the switch if you get a good enough power brick it can live charge as you're playing so yeah it's just like problems of handheld gaming have been solved over time, little by little. We're not quite fully there, but we're closer than well, we've Well, they'll ever continue been. to be. We're not fully there, but I think it's because we throw up new problems that you then change over on, right? I think that's the big thing about it, where you're going through and being like, okay, cool, like what you're talking about, where I think when the Switch launched, we didn't have power bricks that could charge with it, and, or, you know, for the most part, you didn't. Now you do, right? And like, I yeah. think that's what you, how you get around this stuff. Totally. Okay. Well, then, something to be excited for for the PC folk. I'm mm -hmm. more excited for the OLED switch, but that's just me, and it's imminent, and it's what it's going. How are you? How is your journey going? Are you refreshing? Not going, it's not going great, Greg. I'll I tell you that. One, I just got one at Best Buy. I got, I've oh, gotten wow. to Best Buy, but now I'm in. I'm in what looks to be uh, one of those Best Buy hells where it's like, yep, that's where cool. I enter your verification code. All right, here's a verification code. Cool, we just sent you a verification code. Like no, no, no. Give me, give me. Just let me through now. Suck let me through the you door. Losers, blah. You got me to the door now. Let me through. It does suck to me, Kevin. That's an accurate point, Holy and I appreciate you calling it sucks. out. Keep me honest as always. Chat, man. let him know it sucks. <laughs> remember, if you tip. Uh, Joel think... White in the chat says, uh, "Remember how cheap Steam sales are, especially for indie games. Switch indie games are expensive. It's a good point, point. You know, like, but again, that's for the audience that's already there. You know, I, I, I don't think that." Hey, some of these games are going to be cheaper. It's going to convince people to, sp to spend 650 new dollars to get this thing, especially if they already had a Switch. Because we're talking about like a world where you've got to imagine that the average gamer that's paying attention to this that could be interested in that probably already has at least two consoles, whether it's a PC, a Switch, a PS, a PlayStation, or an Xbox. Sure. Right? Yeah. Some form of two. So. I think if you're going to have two, the Switch is probably likely that a majority of people have them if you consider yourself a gamer. And then with that, it's like all of a sudden you're just shrinking the, the people that might be interested in buying this thing. But I still think the audience is there to make this a, a worthwhile investment on Steam's part. And that's got to be the thing for Steam, right, is that they don't see this as, or Valve, they don't see this as we need to sell 10 million units of this. I'm sure they'd love to, but I think it is more a niche thing when you similar to how you talk about their uh vr rig in the way that like that's not the dominant vr rig it's arguably the best obviously play half-life alex and see your finger tracking and all that jazz yeah uh but like different measures for success and obviously they have so much money to have so if it is about just 
serving your player base better, uh, putting Steam into uh, different ecosystems, so or not ecosystems, in different devices, so you stay on the Steam platform rather than go to something like Epic Game Store or worry something like that. That's something. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said for that for sure. Totally. All right, now I've refreshed for this goddamn second verification code like 900 times from Best Buy. You know what I mean? What the hell? What Just give me the damn thing, Best Buy. What do, you, what do you want me to do here? What do you want me to do, Best Buy? What do you want me to do, Best Buy? Number two in the Roper Report, ladies and gentlemen. We have some Black Panther details for you. That's right. Just when you thought Greg couldn't find another way to talk about Marvel's Avengers, Black Panther expansion, the war for Wakanda coming in August. Entertainment Weekly comes through. We're going to read Nick Romano's report. We joined it already in progress where before he had announced that Kratos, that's right, Christopher Judge, will be uh, King T'Challa in the game. Uh, Chris Judge will voice King T'Challa in Marvel's Avengers video game from Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics EW has learned exclusively he will make his debut in War for Wakanda the upcoming DLC story expansion coming this August quote I turned it down straight away Judge tells EW over Zoom about when he first approached uh, when he was first approached about the voice role quote there's many Black Panthers but I really didn't believe that anyone should ever do T'Challa again after Bozeman Uh, the actual talks proceeded and basically I wound up doing it because my mother and my children said if I didn't do it they would disown me (laughs) end quote (laughs) bellow of laughter and his recognizably resonant timber erupts at that thought quote to be quite honest I was fearful of being compared to what Chadwick had so wonderfully done he continues the only way I could ever really wrap my head around it was to not even attempt to voice match uh, to let my performance stand on its own I put all of that into it and hopefully people like it end quote uh this is now switching over to one of the writers here quote i want to double down on the idea that this it's this is its own iteration of the black panther mythos says evan narciss uh the writer behind marvel comics rise of the black panther uh who also came aboard for war for wakanda as a narrative consultant quote Very cool. even if you know sorry because he, he used to be polygon right yeah I think it was Polygon, but yes, he used to be in our ecosystem. Uh, Quote, even if you know the comics and can quote the movie by heart, there's still going to be some surprises, end quote. T'Challa's, and I'm I'm jumping around. This is a much longer write-up from EW. If you're like me and want to know everything about it, you can go over there. Uh, T'Challa's kingdom was in negotiations with Steve Rogers to ally with him in the Avengers, but with Cap's death at A-Day, it brought a change of heart for the most technologically advanced nation on Earth. They closed off their borders to the rest of the world once again. In the DLC, however, T'Challa has no choice but to enter the fray when the corrupt corporation AIM headed by Dr. Tarleton, a.k.a. MODOK, hires Ulysses Claw to procure vibranium. Vibranium. Almost got through. Uh, Judge's iteration of Black Panther is in a different place uh, than we typically see the character. Quote, he's older and a little bit more wizened. Uh, Mick Lloyd, who's one of the other writers, Hannah Mick Lloyd, uh, said earlier in the article, but we missed her introduction. Quote, we're not coming into into T'Challa's story at the beginning. He hasn't just lost his father. He hasn't just become king. He's been in this role for a while, end quote. War for Wakanda adds a new single-player campaign that runs more than 25 hours. Hold that thought. Uh, There will be new adversaries, (laughs) including two central villains, uh, what McLeod calls, quote, a robust cast of Wakandans, parentheses, like the Dora Maji. Or I'm not saying, is that Maji? Is that how you say it? Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje uh, and a sorcerer. Uh, Locations like Shuri's Laboratory uh, and the Wakanda War Room and new missions uh, for the Drop Zone and Threat Sector. But back to that 25 hours, not so fast. Uh, if you're an Avengers nerd like me, you're like, oh my God, yes, this is awesome. People started freaking out about it, but Crystal Dynamics quickly jumped on it to try to stop that. Uh, we're going to jump over uh, to Kino uh, Raybon, uh, who's a game and narrative designer from Nixus Software, who's working on Avengers, who tweeted, the EW story is great, but 
The 25 hours figure is a misinterpretation of a number meant to describe the entire story campaign from the core release through the War for Wakanda expansion. The campaign is great, though. Some of my favorite writing is in it. Uh, when I had tweeted about it, uh, uh, another, writer, uh, another writer followed up and was like, it, it is very meaty, though. Don't worry. There is a lot to it. IGN did some math for you. We're going to join their article. Uh, While Square Enix hasn't clarified its standalone length, we can make an educated guess. How Long to Beat lists the main Avengers campaign with no extras at 11.5 hours, the Kate Bishop expansion at 4, and the Clint Barton expansion at 2. If we're being charitable, uh, that, it's, that its runtime uh, will be pure story content. That leaves the War for Wakanda expansion at about 7.5 hours long, which would make it the longest free addition to the game story yet. Um, then way back to the EW article, right? Uh, Judge Narciss and McLeod uh, will talk further about their experiences working on the War for Wakanda expansion and answer fan questions this Friday starting at 10 a.m. Pacific on a special Twitch live stream hosted by Crystal Dynamics. Timothy Geddes, Avengers is something I talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes is a bit. Sometimes like we did on the Kind of Funny Games cast very seriously is our post show that's on patreon.com slash Games. What does this information do for you? Chris Judge, uh, you know, let's say eight hours of gameplay, seven hours of gameplay for single player new content. All of this sounds great. It sounds like they're doing exactly what they need to do is exactly what they need to do enough to change the public consensus on this game. Absolutely not. But at some point, I think that they are going to just, if they haven't already given up on the dream of what Avengers could have been and instead just make it a really good version of what it is and to keep pleasing fans like you and to build this out so it can get to a point where you can feel good about saying you enjoy the game without everyone making fun of you uh and you get what i'm saying and, and i think that uh they're doing a good job i mean everything they're talking about here the voice actor i mean he's amazing so getting him as the child i think is is going to be really really great for that character and for whatever it means for the story in the game and the amount of time that we're looking at for this campaign like that's great especially it get, being free like all of this is really kind of the promise of what Avengers could have been. Like, imagine if this had come out two months after the core game came out. That would have been sure. huge, you know? Like, get everybody yeah. used oh to this. God, and then yeah. if they had the roadmap where you were getting this every four months, this amount of gameplay, that could have been a game changer. But, sure. alas, that didn't happen with where the world's at and just where, with what this video game actually is. Um, but I'm excited for you, Greg. I'm excited you're going to get this much. I feel bad for Crystal that... Uh, this EW story is thrown around the 25 hours mark and right. then that's, they have to rock the, it back. It's like, the, I feel like if they just came out and just had the number that it actually is, yeah. then everyone would be stoked. They'd be like, oh, that's cool. But now it feels like something's being taken away. The hits keep coming for Crystal Dynamics on this game where even when they do the right thing, something goes wrong, right? When they put up that last update that actually had the really cool villain sector, right? Okay, cool. Uh, what made it through is that, you know, the testers internally, you can see their IP they didn't catch it that that's not on the public build there you go that's out there all right cool we have this game we have this cool launch lineup planned for it all right cool we're putting it out during a pandemic all right you know it just rolls on and on and on like that for them even to this of like cool christopher judge kratos the guy from stargate right he is gonna be black panther that's gonna be huge like the article if you want to go read it has a lot more quotes at one point he starts he almost crying relating a story from the vo booth like clearly he cares about what he's working on that's great how can this they get the 25 uh they misinterpret this 25 hour thing somebody threw out to be a 25 hour expansion not that i feel like the blowback's been that bad for it or whatever but 
it is interesting to see like oh god this game these people just can't get a break as they try to make it yeah totally i and like we're saying i don't think that it's that big of a deal but as people that sit here talking about every story that comes out from them it is just kind of like oh man they really don't need that too that extra level of just a gut punch but yeah um Here's what yeah. I want to you, you mentioned that you thought that, you know, this is on the right track or whatever. I want to bring in the nanobiologist who writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, hi guys, Marvel's Avengers is about to get a huge update, but is this what the game needs? Should we, should we be worried that no matter how much goodwill they've garnered with updating the game, adding new stuff, keeping long requested things like the team having uh, the multiples of the same hero uh, that he says 25 hours, but we'll say eight. We'll just be really shallow with one to two hours of good content cutscenes. Will this be the A Realm Reborn equivalent update for this game that Avengers so sorely needs? As a player who plays it all the time, no, this is not going to be A Realm Reborn at all. That's not what you're getting here in terms of a reboot. That would be a completely different thing than what War for Wakanda is. War for Wakanda, I do think, is a step in the right direction, and I think it's the right step for them. And again, I don't, I can't speak to how much Nano plays the game or had played the game, right? Like, how are you going to get people back in? I think one of the things that, not universally, but was the main uh, point of uh, pride, or not, the main pro criticism the main the main positive people had when they played the game at launch were that they enjoyed the story could have been Mm -hmm. better should have been obviously single player focus yada 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 but like it seemed like people enjoyed that campaign more than anybody was expecting people to do so the idea that they're coming out and leading with hey the black panther expansion is going to be seven to eight hours of single player content isn't even talking about the end game stuff running the same rooms villain sectors etc etc the fact that they're coming out and what the blog post they put up this week earlier in the week was like hey Here's a look at some of the stuff where, where that's going to be in War for Wakanda from uh, environments and chests. And they they went out of their way to say, none of nothing in, in Wakanda is a reuse asset from before. We went through and made all this from the ground up, so it looks like a brand new area. Like, the it, it, Avengers, obviously, I think, uh, has problems in their different, depending on who you talk to about what it is. But obviously, the big problem was that it was so content light at the end. You ran through mm-hmm. the campaign, then you were just doing the same thing, and we're still waiting for the cloning lab that was supposed to be the raid. Like, we still don't have, like, the first Omega threat level sector is dropping sometime this month. They still don't put a date on it, right? Like, there's all this stuff going on to it that is content-related. I think putting this out is, you know, a great step forward. Is it what the game needs? Yes, the game needs, hey, here's this cool stuff, and here's a, a bunch of people who still like playing this game because they do exist, not in overwhelming numbers, obviously. But I think you need that injection of goodwill and then people to come back who maybe have lapsed since launch and be like, oh, I never played Kate. I never played Clinton. And now I've never played Black Panther. Let's get into that. And then Crystal needs to double down as soon as they get Black Panther out of being like, cool, here's the new roadmap. We are not a dead game. This is not the final thing we're doing. Here's where Spider-Man is. Here's how we're making the exclusivity of Spider-Man in a game that's content light. Here's how we're making that right for you and Xbox or PC player. Like there's still a lot of work to get done, but. I think yeah. this is a step in the right direction for sure. I mean, it's definitely a step in the right direction. I I think that it's really rough because Avengers is uh, Avengers. There isn't a, a bigger mm-hmm. IP right now uh, in, in terms of entertainment properties. And it being a video game from a studio as renowned as Crystal and you know with backing from Square, it's like there's expectations. And especially when you start talking about uh, these live games, like games as a service and whatever version sure. you want to call it, like – that if you miss that initial wave and just miss the writing that out, it's all you're going to be just losing people every single step of the way. So it's like it does suck that this expansion that seems like it could be really cool story wise and be like kind of what a lot of people like myself might have even been looking for 
more of from the game. I don't think that it coming out the way that it's coming out now is going to be ideal for getting new people in. And sure. that's kind of a bummer is that all this work's being put into this. And I, I think that at, no matter what, they're getting maximum 30% of the people that they could have had if this was just a Black Panther game. You know, sure. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. But, and that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Like you figure this is languished, right? Like in terms yeah. of this game that like, it, you know, the fact that they wanted to be a games of service. But then up until recently, you really haven't had the uh, unless you're a hardcore Fran type person, the reason to turn it on every week and go play something. Yeah. Totally. And I think that this is the way they have to do this because of the way they set up the game and just because of the response to the game over the last almost year at this point. Um, and they they said everything's going to be free and like, dude, good for them, right? Like, this is awesome. It's just, it just sucks that it, it's all been kind of tarnished a little bit. So we're at this point that I just feel like even if this was so awesome, and so great, it is not going to speak to the groups as loudly as it possibly could. And sure. and And because of that, it's like, that hurts everybody that hurts the fans of the game like you because that means that just the way that this this stuff's going to be designed in the future and the clip at which they're going to be put out like i i think is definitely just not going to be what they wanted it to be and what we'd all and kind that, of expect it to be and that's the big thing and struggle about it where i think it, what's interesting about war for wakanda and this expansion and the juice they're putting behind it and the talent they're bringing in on it is the idea of like man imagine if at launch they had this idea of what it was going to be right where it's like cool like if they could have given you a real roadmap that was going to be like yeah this is an ongoing game but it's not a games of service it's going to be a game that we want you to come back to every few months and play clint's story play kate's story we'll have stuff in there if you really want to play all the time yada 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 we'll give you a reason to turn it on once a month but we're going to be up front that it's going to be a couple hours for a main story here there and the other until you get to a giant expansion that is a new area and new enemies and new character and yet like that the messaging has been what's so wrong about avengers right and mm -hmm. that's that actually uh, plenty of people would want to tear me apart about that and say like no no the gameplay and <laughs> the content light 100 percent. but in terms of i think there would have been a way to message avengers in a way that was you're not going to be playing this every day you're not going to be playing this every week necessarily unless you're really into it yeah i mean my big question is how hard is it going to be for people that are just interested in this Black Panther expansion to just play that storyline? And not hard. But I wonder. I wonder how much of that game is going to be similar to the core game of still trying to push you to do all the games of service stuff. Mm, mm, mm. I doubt that much because I, I think it's going to be an expanded uh, storyline take in the way that uh, Taking Aim was and Future Imperfect were, which were the Kate and Clint stories, right? Where those, you start the thing and they're right on the front screen, like you can jump straight to it before you do anything, and then you're just in through it. And those weren't like the main game where it did get to the point of like, cool, now go to this drop zone and, you know, harvest 100 euro or you uru or whatever the fuck it was. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. they, you didn't have that in Kate and Clint for the most part. There's different challenges that would, you know, make you go back and play stuff that you wanted to but it was there and i think i would hope they've learned their lesson that yeah that's not what this should be this needs to be the fact of like cool like it's what you're saying of course if marvel games was talking right now that in august they're going to release a black panther video game that thing would fucking destroy right mm -hmm. but they're not they're releasing uh, an expansion for avengers which people have opinions on but if it is hey th this was actually a lot of fun and really cool and you don't need to do any of the multiplayer stuff maybe that is enough for some people to turn it back on and go in and jump in and just go straight through it. Even though it's not a full blown game, it's a game within a game kind of thing. Do we get more Avengers content in 2022? 
What do you define as more Avengers content? Uh, black this, another one of these. <sighs> and then That's... 2023. No, I'm, I'm not even worried about 2023. Yet. I think a lot of it, I think I, the problem with answering that question is I think so much of hinge, hinges on this expansion. I think because I, people are like, oh man, it's dead after this. And I'm like, what's your definition of dead? Because you're still going to get the weekly updates. Like, you know what I mean? I haven't gone to check it today, but playavengers.com probably has the marketplace update up and what the priority missions are. And I'm sure some different cosmetics and things to go look at. Like this is going to drop and then they have to do Spider-Man because that's a business deal. And yeah. that is PlayStation, you got to play, so fucked, man. <laughs> you got to play Papa Sony on that. And so after Spider-Man, a different conversation. But again, if War for Wakanda comes out and, I'm saying hits in quotes. And what I mean by hits is, is positively received critically and sees a notable or uh, yeah, notable influx in players or returning players, maybe even new players, depending on, you know, the fact that was, I don't think it's on PS now anymore, but kind of funny.com slash you're wrong or when people picking it up. If it sees a return to player base and they see value in that, then, then I think they'd get a green light to work on something else. If, if they can turn it around, but if it comes out and it is just exactly what, you know, I think the general, malaise of it already is for avengers then i think yeah you get spider-man and then they'll continue to do little updates here and there but you want to get another big expansion like that which sucks yeah yeah tim you mm-hmm. know what doesn't suck patreon.com slash kind of funny games of course you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to be part of the show like so many people already have today you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to get the show with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday and you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to be part of the show i already said that part to get the show ad free but speaking of patreon.com slash kind of funny games, you didn't go there. So here mm. are today's sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by DoorDash. Did you forget that one thing at the store? Now you can get snacks, drinks, and household essentials in 30 minutes with DoorDash. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered in under an hour. With over 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, Australia, and now Canada, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeyes, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. For our Canadian listeners, use code GAMESCA. That's 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021. In the US, and Games CA in Canada. Don't forget that's code Games 2021 or Games CA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. We're also brought to you by Full Sail University. We know that you love video games, but have you ever considered making them? If so, then I want to tell you about Full Sail University, which offers a variety of gaming degree programs on campus and online that can teach you the tools, technology, and workflow used by today's gaming studios. You can learn level design, programming, character modeling, production, and more. Graduates from Full Sail have worked on awesome games like Grand Theft Auto V, the Call of Duty series, Rocket League, and many more. Full Sail has degrees available in game development, game design, and game art, as well as many other degrees in entertainment and media. To learn more about Full Sail's programs, as well as potential scholarship opportunities, visit fullsail.edu slash funnygames. That's fullsail.edu slash funnygames. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Omen Oasis. Sick of all the randos sliding into your team chat whenever you and your friends are grouped up in your favorite games? I know I am. I play Knockout City a lot. Then, 
again, you need your own private oasis, your own paradise in the let's admit it wasteland that can be online gaming. Oasis is a free and easy to use add-on for Omen Gaming Hub that creates a virtual room for you and up to 15 of your friends for private gaming and watch parties. But Oasis isn't just any virtual room. With low latency, 720p, 30fps screen sharing, and seamless audio quality, you can quit worrying about technical difficulties, stop arguing over who has the worst internet connection, and get to playing. Play together, watch together, chat together, share together, all with Oasis by Omen. Go to bit.ly slash OasisKF to download Oasis on the Omen Gaming Hub and try out the beta now. Number three on the Roper Report, no Star War at EA Play, ladies and gentlemen. Today, EA Star Wars tweeted, we won't be showing any new Star Wars games at EA Play live on July 22nd, dot, dot, dot. But all of us look forward to celebrating with you next year when we share our vision for the galaxy far, far away. Tim, what the fuck? It's a bummer, man. I, I just, you know, it, it sucks that everything's happened the way that it has specifically oh. when you look at movies and then being back feels so good because movies are back i've been to the theater three four times in the last month and it feels good video games haven't hit that stride yet right and i think it's going to be a long time till we really start seeing them back in the thick of things and I, I do think that on the movie side there might be sometime next year more of a lull than we're getting right now because we are backed up a bit we're getting movies that have been held on to for the last year that are like being shipped out whatever and we saw that a little bit on the gaming side um as well like i don't think that uh we would have seen miles morales and ratchet come out as quickly as they did and demon souls uh if it had happened a year later you get what i'm saying yeah um so with all of that it's like i'm interested to see when the games industry is able to get back on its feet and and run as quickly as it was running we have to keep in mind it's still dominating doing better than it ever has so there's pros and cons to the whole thing but this is definitely a disappointing news story i would love to hear more about jedi fallen order but the good thing here is there's some some hype little teases going on them them talking about uh the, the we look forward to celebrating with you next year when we share our vision for the galaxy far far away i mean star wars celebration so yeah. um you gotta imagine that's kind of what they're teeing up here being a little cheeky about it so then th that removed from ea play where's your hype level for ea play next week I mean, it, it's it's rough. I think that I'm very excited. I like that it's away from E3 just because yeah. there's another thing for us to kind of look forward to. I think that the Dead Space rumors um, kind of suck the air out of the hype a little bit because that's clearly going to be the, the big oh shit moment that yeah. we would have had an oh shit moment for that now uh, kind of goes one of two ways. Either it looks bad. I guess three ways. It looks bad, and we're just like, ooh, that sucks. Uh, it's not there, and we're like, well, fuck, that sucks. Or it's there, and we're just like, oh, this looks great, but cool. We already knew it's coming, and I always talk I think about the it. third but... option is what it's going to be, because I think it's just going to be a tease. I, I think it's going to be a logo and like a, maybe a necromorph and maybe like Isaac, uh, his, like, boop, 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 like his suit like lighting up from back. Yeah. I, I, I always bring this up, but the, state, the PlayStation State of Play that announced Resident Evil 3 would have been looked at as so much more important if that hadn't leaked a couple of days before. Like that was a crazy sure. ass announcement, but because it leaked, it kind of took out the the wind from the sails. And I think that's happening here as well with Dead Space. That's a crazy announcement. I don't think any of us would have seen that coming, right? That yeah. would have been like, oh shit. And finally, it would have been like Skate, right? Where we all have demanded something for so long and you're just like, well, EA will never do it. 
Yeah, I, I'm interested in uh, what you're saying about the, the it just being a teaser. Because, like, part of me thinks it's farther along than that. Like, part of me thinks that they're not going to do what they did with Skate 4 last year, which is just, hey, it's well, a thing. Skate, I mean, Skate 4 was even less than what I'm talking about. Skate 4 was two guys being like, Skate's back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Can we see? Oh, we haven't made it. We, we're assembling a team. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I think I'm expecting more from it than that. But okay. Who the hell knows? And again, this goes back to a conversation we were having in the pre-show for patreon.com slash kind of funny game supporters uh, about Blue Point games and kind of just like what remakes look like in this era. I, I'm talking about Resident Evil uh, 2 and 3 again, right? Like uh, there's different expectations for what these remakes can be. And we've seen them pumped out at ridiculously fast clips. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just that the basis is there. So there's already an understanding, but it's like the fact that RE2 and 3 came out within a year of each other is insane. The fact that RE2 Remake was formally re-announced and then came out within a year of that announcement, not even a year, months of that announcement is crazy. And then yeah. you look at the Blue Point side of things and it's like Demon's Souls, similar story, right? Shadow of the Colossus, like these games are announced and then just come out. And who knows how long they've been worked on in the, in the background, but I wouldn't be surprised if Dead Space comes out a lot sooner than you might expect. Granted, there's a lot of things going on in the world that can change all of that, uh, but... I'm optimistic right now. Let's hope for the best. I love Dead Space and want more Dead Space, and I hope EA plays hot, so I hope it comes out. And, you know, Otherwise, it's just WWE superstar Xavier Woods up there. Got a trombone. You're excited for that? That's going to be that. cool. You know, and, and like the, the thing is, I, it's hard to get excited about an EA play just because I feel like it's hard to be excited about game showcases these days when they all come forward and be like, well, this isn't going to be there. This isn't going to be there. And this isn't sure, going to be there. Sure. And this is going to be there. And you're like, well, shit. Okay, cool. You know, it's just like, it's not as exciting and that's fine. But personally, I miss the days of having the excitement going into it, of not knowing what's going to be there or not. And does that lead to a lot of disappointment? Absolutely. But you know what else it leads to? Extremely hype moments when they're actually bringing the goods. Yeah. Good point. Uh, speaking of hype moments, number four on the Roper Report, Netflix is going after games. This is Lucas Shaw and Mark Gurman over at Bloomberg. Netflix Incorporated, marking its first big move beyond TV shows and films, is planning an expansion into video games and has hired a former Electronic Arts Incorporated and Facebook Incorporated executive to lead the effort. Uh, Mike Verdu will join Netflix as vice president of game development, reporting to COO Greg Peters, uh, the company said on Wednesday. Verdu was previously at Facebook's uh, for vice president's role in charge of working with developers to bring games and other content to Oculus virtual reality headsets. The idea is to offer net or video games on Netflix's streaming platform within the next year, according to a person familiar with the situation. The games will appear alongside current fare as a new programming genre, dash dash, similar uh, to what Netflix did with documentaries or stand-up specials. The company doesn't currently plan to charge extra for the content, said the person, who asked not to be identified because the deliberations are private. Not so private, though, right? Uh, Netflix will be building out its gaming team in the coming months, according to the person familiar with the matter. The company has already started advertising for game development-related positions on its website. Netflix has previously licensed the rights to games based on shows, including Stranger Things, uh, but this new initiative is much larger in scope. The Los Gatos, California-based company, has yet to settle on a game development strategy, said the person. In typical Netflix fashion, the company may start with just a few, with a few games and then build from there. Netflix has also made earlier forays into interactive programming, such as choose-your-own-adventure-style shows. Uh, it created versions of programs like Carmen Sandiego and Black Mirror in the format, which stops short of being a true video game. Tim, 
Yeah. What does this mean? Um, I think that this is a perfect sign of where the industry's at, where the streaming wars are at. Like this is a reaction to Disney Plus and HBO Max uh, coming through and honestly dominating the content game, both on a TV and movie level. And Netflix has been losing its kind of grip of the the pie chart, right? Yeah. So I don't think that they're in a bad position. They they clearly are. I mean, as far as I remember, they are still the number one most subscribed, but that's because they have that legacy. And, you know, as as they just start getting hit from all angles, when they're no longer the only people putting out super high quality premium exclusive originals on their their platform like we have before it was HBO. Now those titles are on HBO Max in addition to this year, the Warner Brothers movies. Disney Plus, they don't even need to explain what they have going for them, right? Yeah. Uh, but then the other side of it is the reality of Netflix is library content is extremely important to them. You know, people stay subscribed for The Office and for uh, reality shows and for like things that they just kind of put on at the end of the night and fall asleep to. Sure. So as they start to lose those and as those things start to become the, the big marquee thing for Peacock and for Paramount Plus and for these other streaming services, like Netflix really needs to start to get crafty. And I have faith that they will. I don't know that this is going to be the right thing this isn't going to be the biggest boon for them and you know to kind of like give them an edge up on a, on the others but um they've proven it before that they can make original series they can make original reality shows they can make original the stand-up specials like they netflix brought back stand-up comedy right mm -hmm. in in a way that like made it mainstream that it hasn't been since the 90s of comedy central right um like there's power to to the netflix brand and there's power to the the platform as well i don't know that that is necessarily going to speak to gamers but i, I just see this as a as just another another attempt another try at something but i don't see it going too far I wonder as they get started, how much of it is similar to what they're talking about here with like a uh, uh, Bandersnatch or, you know, Carmen San Diego or whatever, where it's interactive programming, but more gamified. Because like for me, the two things that don't compute in this article, right, is the idea is to offer video games on Netflix streaming platform within the next year. Then you jump down here. In typical Netflix fashion, the company may start with just a few games and build from there, right? Uh, like, it feels like, oh, and they're talking about the strategy. Oh, that's actually what I meant, sorry. Uh, has yet to settle on a game development strategy, right? So, like, you're going to get games out in the next year, but you're not settled on the strategy yet. So, are you just going to partner with indies and get some, you know, have an Annapurna game on there that you're going to partner with that then they're playing with their controller are they are we are we expecting you to bluetooth to your tv with a controller like there's a bunch of different questions i know obviously that are going on but i think it, if they're going to ease into this game thing it'd be it would make more sense to double down on the narrative choice kind of thing with it yeah i mean you know this reminds me a lot of stadia where it's like those type of questions are being asked and there's like these like light promises of yeah we're working on some first party things it's like all right I don't believe you. <laughs> like I don't believe we're ever going to see this. Like I don't believe you this, as far as I sounds, can throw you, sir. It sounds way too early for this to be kind of uh, talked about. And like, granted, like even this stuff, it's like it's not like they're they want this information out there right now. But um, I, I don't think that this is a thing of consequence that we're going to be talking about in any real way in two years. So you don't think Game of the Year in two years is going to be from Netflix? I don't. I don't. You're a hater. Let, it, let the record show. Let's remember that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then fifth and final on the Roper Report today. This is breaking news. Uh, Hideo Kojima likes Hideo Kojima trailers. Hideo Kojima reports at Hideo Kojima's Twitter. Uh, today, mm -hmm. Hideo Kojima tweeted, uh, I reviewed the trailers I've done in the past. I had to say, it's all well done. Lol. God bless That's him. That's fact. That's true. 
It is facts, man. And, you know, this tweet, I know it sounds stupid. And it's so easy to make fun of him. But Kojima is unmatched when it comes to trailers. He's really 100%. damn good. And as somebody that cares a lot about trailers and the production value of them and the, the heart and soul of video editing, like there are a few people that I can think about in my mind, movie trailers, game trailers, anything that like, just get it. Kojima's one of them. Jeff Keighley's one of them. Yeah. I don't know. Excellent. Maybe that's it's, why they're I best mean, friends. It's irrefutable. Maybe like, that's you why said, they're best You said, you know, friends. it's easy to make fun of him or whatever. I don't think it's even to make the fact that he puts the lull in there. I think is like, I, I, I think he's in on the joke. You know what I mean? I think so many people want to sit there and think of Hideo is like some man on, on a mountaintop or whatever. Right. When he is just a cool dude. <laughs> and so I like, I, this is something that any of us would tweet. Like, I like, you know, you'd be like, I looked at a lot of the kind of funny lives in the past and they were all pretty cool. Well, like that, yeah. that's my thing is it's, it, it would be the kind of funny lives. It would be the things that I am extremely proud of. Like, he's not just saying like, Oh, I do dope shit. It's like his trailer editing is honestly, probably the best Kojima ever is at anything. He's so fucking good at it. And like you think back to some of the announcement trailers for so many of the games. Metal Gear Solid 4 was the first ever movie style trailer for a video game. And like it played in movie theaters and shit. Yeah. And like yeah. Kojima personally edited a trailer to match the vibe and look of a blockbuster movie. And he fucking nailed it. And that was in addition to the 15 minute uh, vamp versus Raiden fight, oh, right? Yeah, that was just like, what the fuck is going on? And then like, come on, just keep going all the way back to every single Metal Gear Solid game as you start seeing the trailers. The Death Stranding trailers, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they got us talking a lot. <laughs> they stand out. Like, these are, so when talking. we're talking about the best trailers of all time, like we are going, uh, video games, we're always going to bring up Kojima trailers. So shout out to him. Keep doing the damn thing, man. Goddamn right. I can't wait for the next Hideo Kojima, Hideo Kojima trailer. But Tim, mm -hmm. the next Hideo Kojima trailer from Hideo Kojima, and maybe he'll tweet about it on Hideo Kojima, is so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, The Division is over on uh, Audible. That uh, Division, Hearts on Fire, is an action-packed drama that explores duty, love, and the impossible situation duty. of a woman trapped between the two. Uh, this is notable for a couple <laughs> different reasons. Number one, uh, well, Katie Sackhoff's in it, who we don't have any connection to, but Shannon Woodward's in it. She was just on the hey. Kind of Funny podcast yesterday, and it turns out Casey Wayland made it, and Casey is the guy who made uh, We're Alive, if you remember me talking about a zombie podcast years and years and years and years ago on IGN podcast that I eventually was in. He, he's actually working on this too, which is incredible. So everybody go to Audible and listen to so cool. The Division Hearts on Fire. I started it today and I am enjoying myself as a Division fan and just a fan of audio podcasts that are dramas. Also out today, PUBG Update 12.2 is out now on PC and console. Uh, Crash Drive 3 is on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X slash S, Xbox One, Switch, PC, iOS, and Android. Uh, Monster Harvest is on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Uh, Heart of the Woods is on Switch. Boomerang X is on Switch and PC. Woodcutter is on Switch. Indigo 7 Quest for Love is on Switch. Aria Chronicles is on Switch. My Matey is on Switch. Infinite right. Golf 2 is on Switch. Uh, Masagoro is on Switch. Monument is on Switch. Beauty Bounces on Switch. Streets of Rage 4's free update. Mr. X Nightmare DLC is now available on PC and consoles. And High Risers is out today on Steam. Uh, new dates for you. Warhammer 40,000. Dark Tide on PC and Series X slash S has been delayed to spring 2022. 
Dice Legacy will be released on September 9th, 2021. And that'll be on Switch uh, and PC. Uh, GTA Online's next major update, Los Santos Tuners, arrives on Tuesday, July 20th. Uh, Action Arcade Wrestling is coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on August 10th. Lawn Mowing Simulator is mowing its way to PC and Xbox on August 10th. Uh, Away, the Survival Series, is coming to PlayStation 5 in the late summer. Uh, Fallout 76 is also getting a new feature. This is a tease that was going to be in the rope report, but we ran out of time, but GameSpot reports a significant new feature is coming to Fallout 76 this September. You can go read the Bethesda blog to find out what the hell they're talking about. Tim? Mm-hmm. We ask everybody to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to support us. You can ask us questions over there. You can be part of the show over there. You can get the show ad free and you get it with the post show we do each and every weekday. But you can also squat up. This is where one of you gives me your name, username, platinum, name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. Today, Casey needs help on PS5, PS4, and PC. Uh, the username here is for Final Fantasy XIV. Arox Lunar Shroud. A-R-O-X space L-U-N-A-R-S-H-R-O-U-D. Looking for some best Whoa. friends to do dungeons, raids, and trials with in Final Fantasy XIV. I just finished the Stormblood expansion and working on getting ready for Endwalker in November. I play on the Primal Data Center in the Leviathan world. I'd love to have more friends in the game. Have a great day, everyone. If you want to play Final Fantasy with Casey on PS5, PS4, or PC, hit up A-Rock's Lunar Shroud and have a good time. Mm -hmm. True story, I made Taylor Swift in it the other night, but I did it at 1130, and I was like, I'm not starting an MMO right now at 1130, but the character is made, and I'm ready to roll. Uh, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames roosterteeth.com and motherfuckers and podcast services around the globe uh let's see what we got wrong today uh zach w carpenter says the stream steam deck sorry uh doesn't play at 4k the display is running at 720p uh switch that's what that is i was like what did he get uh, I got the switch, baby. Got the switch. Oh, Target. that's what he screamed. Did you get it from Target? I've seen people I got say it from Target. Target. Got it from Can Target. Can you link yeah. me? Refreshing the Target landing page. I got nothing. Um, I was like, having that issue, and then all of a sudden it just popped up. Okay, whatever. Uh, Mark says, IGN confirmed you can install Windows uh, on this and play Xbox Game Pass in the Epic Game Store. Congratulations. Uh, Frank Furter says, Marvel's Avengers left PlayStation now on July 5th. Awesome. Um... Nanobiologist says Bioware already confirmed not to be at EA Play Live. I don't remember us having a conversation about that, but if we did, there you go. Not going to be there. Don't worry about Bioware. Um, Mark says we missed that QuakeCon has been announced for August. Sorry about that. Happy to do it for you. Uh, And then, oh, there was a link here from Nano here, but I already got it from Tim. Thank you. So now I'm doing this. I'm trying to get the hell out of Target. Let's see if we can get out of Target. All right. Um, Standard options. Sure. Whatever. Do with this thing. I don't care. Whatever. Sure. No. Sure checking out uh ladies and gentlemen if you didn't know this has been kind of funny games daily each and every week down a variety of platforms we run you to the nerdy video game news you need to know about uh if you like that you can be part of the show on patreon.com slash kind of funny games uh you of course can get the show ad free over there you can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday remember this time we did it as a uh pre-show so it's over there patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can see us uh, getting ready to build the show as we go or whatever right mm-hmm. um now i'm getting hung up right here again what the f man what the actual app now it's gonna be it's gonna be a jerk about this let me try to change the pay let's go to paypal will that make you happy what do you fucking want target (laughs) what do you want target 
Just take you it. You have everything saved in there, Greg. I do have everything saved, Kevin, which is why it's so annoying when shit like this oh happens. Oh, my God. Greg, don't lie to me. Kevin, I will drive to your house right now and beat your fucking ass. Whoa. Is that what you want right now? Is that what you want right now? First of all, you don't have the strength, old man, all right? You know you're tired and weak. I'll take you by your knees <laughs> like your dog. Oh, my dog is very old and weak. That's, uh, that checks. That bad checks. knees. Bad knees. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, like we said, uh, the post show already done. It was a pre-show. Uh, I have a tar- I have a switch now, according to Target. Thank you very much. Uh, remember, of course, that this is us streaming as part of Twitch.tv's podcast and talk show month, which means you get more content from us. If you're watching live right now, don't go anywhere. We're going to do the Kind of Funny podcast live. Then you're going to get the Kind of Funny Xcast live all right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. If you're watching or listening later, of course, you can get those contents on KindofFunny.com where we put all the different things up and have a great time. So... If you're not joining us live and you're just listening to the podcast, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.